Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, Elizabeth Dutton. Hello, Sarah Burnett. I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. All right. So you got a second? I do. Okay, cool. Do you know what's ridiculous? I do. Oh, you go first. I do. Um... Cola chip. What? Cola chip. What? Excuse me. Am I having a stroke? Excuse me. What'd you call me? <laughs> you like hot dogs? Uh, yes, I do like hot dogs. Do you dogs. like Pepsi Cola? Uh, I know what it I is. I think it tastes like aluminum. Yeah, I'm a, I'm from Georgia. Atlanta specifically. Yeah. I'm a Coke person, ma'am. Yeah. Well, Pepsi and ketchup got uh-huh. together. Oh, Lord. Uh, apparently at the Culinary Institute of America Consulting. Uh-huh. And they came up with this um, this blend. They invented Pepsi Cola Chup. What? To reinforce just how well hot dogs and Pepsi go together, an unapologetically mouthwatering creation that seamlessly merges a condiment with the ultimate hot dog pairing beverage, delivering a unified taste experience. That's courtesy of Jenny Danzi, senior director at Pepsi. Oh, Jenny. David Kamen. Why do you have to do this to me, Jenny? David Kamen from the CIA Consulting said... The concept is both simple and creative. The uh-huh. distinctive flavors and vibrant citrus blend of Pepsi enhances the bright and tangy characteristics of ketchup, offsetting the smokiness of the hot dog. I don't think of Pepsi as citrus. I was going to say that. That's really odd. I would have never, no. ever associated citrus. Pepsi with citrus. But I suppose it's like when you sprinkle lemon on something to brighten the flavor. He's saying it brightens the flavor of ketchup. Okay. If there were I think citrus. mustard does that. <laughs> No, for real. Like you put mustard well, and ketchup together on a hot dog. So good. That is a perfect flavor combination when you, we, in your mashup language. Yes. And I don't know. You don't even need to make a mashup because we all know it. It just exists. So it tastes like summer. It's unbelievable. So and good. And then what do they, they go? You know what? Get rid of the mustard. Throw in some Pepsi. Well, and they're like eating a hot dog with mustard on it, and they spilled a Pepsi on it. <sighs> and well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Joanna the Great from Instagram yeah. was apparently the first one through the gate with this. Oh, she tried this. No, no, no. She alerted us. Oh, well, thank you. And then, you, like ten minutes later, uh-huh. dozens, it scores, really? scores and scores of messages, emails, what have yous came through, telling us about uh, this Pepsi ketchup. 
How come nobody sends me stuff to just go, you know what, this is a, not a mashup. Here's an anti-mashup. Here, They took two things and they pulled them apart. Because I think we can split our audience into the two groups. Like the ones who love that I get to torture you with yes, this. Yes, the Elizabeth and Army. And delight in the weirdness of it. And then those who don't like fun. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Now, now, I will say there's another listener, Brandy, uh-huh. who on Twitter was telling me that um, she's going to try it. Take it, take one for the team. All now, right. here's the thing, though. Speaking of teams, mm-hmm. uh, this is limited. Like, you can't just go to the store and get this. Stuff. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, it's only out for a limited time. Uh-huh. And on the fourth of July. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of like how the sausage is made here. Uh-huh. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, we don't record these right, like right the day before the they day before they. So dropped, they're done yeah. like what a week and a half or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, Brandy is going to the um, Detroit Tigers game on mm-hmm. July 4th. Oh, nice. So that will have already happened by the time people hear me. Well, hopefully Brandy gives us an update and we well, can I hear. Well, I told her. Okay, so th- it's only at four st- uh, stadiums. Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Uh, <laughs> Target Field in Minneapolis. And then Comerica in Detroit. I hate all these names. I know. Like, but but like, the baseball field used to have amazing names. How rad is a Detroit Tigers game on the 4th of July? Mm-hmm. That sounds super fun. So anyway, she's going. She said that she was going to try it, and I told her to take a voice memo of her eating it. Yes. And please Not like the like, chewing sounds, but like her reaction. And tell me how it is in Tiger Stadium. Yeah. So I'm hoping <laughs> if things go well, we'll have that recording. If not, then everyone knows that Brandy let us down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> this just in. This is Brandy Rebecca trying the Pepsi ketchup or what do we call it? Cola chup. Um, cheers. Okay, that's not that bad. Um, I would give it a solid 7 out of 10. I would actually probably buy this. Um, so you guys should definitely try it if you get a chance. <laughs> That's a darn good one. If you got a sec, I got one for you. You yes. said you had a second, so sit oh, back down. Oh, I got down. so much time. All right. I love this story, Elizabeth. I can't wait to tell it to you because these are my kind of people. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a bunch of Sri Lankans who wanted for a better life. And now they had few options on their island. So what do they do, Elizabeth? They banded together like Robin Hood and his merry men, and they hatched a plot to use the world of international sports to get free. Just like Michael Jordan, they decided, let's just do it. Now, what was their plan? Great question, Elizabeth. I'm really thank you for asking. No um, problem. I like this energy you're yeah, bringing. Yeah, I'm so just coming hard. Their plan was they'd become star athletes for the Sri Lankan national handball team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Okay, ridiculous. Elizabeth? Yes. I got a question for you. Sure. So, phone calls. You remember, yes. you remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Like I avoid would, them. They would call you, the phone would ring, mm-hmm. and you're like, what is my text machine doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So, this story starts with a series of phone calls. Mm-hmm. Now... 
do you, we both talk to our mothers every day on the phone, correct? I do. Yeah, I yeah. do. So that's the only person I pretty much talk to on the phone. <laughs> Honestly, if my phone rings, I'm like, oh, it's my mother because okay. no one else calls me. I talk me. to my brother all the time on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's right. You talk to your brother. Yeah, so okay. those two I talk. Everyone else needs to text me first, mm-hmm. and even then I'll say I'm busy. <laughs> and then people at work text me like, hey, got a second? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes. Were you ever, when you were younger and you were like more phone ready, mm-hmm. were you ever involved like phone circles where you would call someone and they would call someone or like you would like all get on a group line together or anything like that? I never did the group line thing, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, we used to, in college, we used to call around and tell people when parties were going to be or like you'd have to, you'd call in remotely to your answering machine. Oh yeah. And then you had a little code. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they would play your messages for you. Yeah. They'd be like, oh man, that was the war cool, years were great. Cool party with the swim team tonight. <laughs> See you there, everybody. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, that's that's how this story starts. Is basically that energy. This is uh, this story couldn't have occurred high energy without the telephone. Yeah, I mean it's just like you can feel it popping, right? Mm -hmm. It just the year was two thousand two, right? So the location, as I said, Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. The group of twenty something men had all reached out and touched someone, right? Oh, sorry, that sounds weird. Now AT and T used to have that as their slogan: reach out and touch someone. Exactly, such different times, you know. But anyway, this group of twenty something men, they get a phone service going, right? And one guy calls another and that guy calls the next guy and so it went. The word spreads around Sri Lanka. phone tree, I think they call it. Yeah, I always think of that as like with politics and like, oh, we're going to like, you know, the the neighbors are going to get together. Phone circles, I think it's like, you know, like it's a community. Phone tree is like you're branching out, right? Have your thoughts. That was just my thing. I don't know. I'm just going with the analogies. (laughs) Anyway, so their plan was put out there for all the interested parties, okay? Mm -hmm. So this one cat, Rupa Singe, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, 23-year-old cat, he lived in Sri Lanka, and he actually spoke with somebody I know. Oh. Yeah, a reporter from now-defunct Mel Magazine, my dude, Andrew Fiozzi. Oh, yeah. pour one out for Mel Magazine. Oh, for real. That I, was a I huge loss. Place. Well, Andrew was writing for Mel, and he went out, and he reached out to this dude, Rupa Singe, and he uh, he says, like, dude, tell me the story of what went down with this. And Rupa Singe's like, okay, man, here's how it went. I get the call. I thought it was a put-on, right? And this is not a direct quote, but a paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but he kept hearing about this story of like, oh, yeah, we're going to create this, uh, you know, Sri Lankan national handball team. And all these guys were excited. And he's like, why do we care? And he just kept thinking that it couldn't be true. But then he decided, you know what? Tell me more anyway. You yeah. called me. You think I'm good. I'm a prospect for the national handball team. Why? <laughs> so he's like, as he told Andrew, and I quote, of course I wanted to go, right? He's like, you know, if you were a young man and all your buddies were going to do this, you're like, yeah, tell me more. So this guy's no fly-by-night person. So he hears about this handball team, and he re- hears that the real plan is to take the team and be able to travel out of Sri Lanka. They're going to get off the island. They're going to be invited to tournaments around the world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. But he's a little worried about this, like, you know, escaping Sri Lanka via handball team because he's had family leave Sri Lanka before. And when they did it, they did things like, you know, uh, they took a container on a container ship, filled it with people, and then went off to Italy. Oh, dear. Yeah, exactly. That's like no, the brutal yeah. ways yeah, of really trying dangerous. to survive. Total dangerous passage. So Rupa Singe is like, that's how my relatives got to Italy. Not legally, but via boat and container lorry. Right? Wow. So he's like, I want to do it legally. So what's the story here? So what's he thinking of when his friends are like, 
tell him about this plan is his family. So he's like, all right, but I do want to get off the island. So he goes, his friend's like, you know, have you ever heard about this game, Handball? He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, Handball, kind of. I don't really know That's it. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it like, oh, they're just like a hand, a guys who play handball together and like we should make a national team? Or this is not? It's not quite. Have you ever heard of Handball? Do you know what the game I've is? Heard, I was going to ask you because I know it's against a backstop, right? No. Oh, see, I thought it was like yes, you threw a ball. Yes, there's two games a... called Handball. Oh, oh, so this is not that one. No, it's so, not the okay. Okay, for one, it's an Olympic sport. Do you use your hand like a, t- a, a ping paddle? pong paddle? No. Oh. Yeah, we're all out to I am out left so field confused. on this one. So as Americans, Elucidate. we have no experience about this, right? It, it's an Olympic sport, as I said. Oh, really? Uh, okay. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I mean, I watched the Olympics. I've never seen That's handball. That's like what plays at like two in the morning. I guess, but it turns out. Well, it seems like everything's an Olympic sport these days. I mean, like snowboard, so. like snow motocross or whatever is going to be an Olympic yeah, sport. Yeah, baking. <laughs> baking. Baking with bacon. I got a gold. <laughs> so handball was not a recent addition. It was practically an OG Olympic sport. Really? I know. And it's not thrown against the backtop. What is no. it? What do you do? Well, I'll get to that. Do Just you throw a, a hand around? Wouldn't that be fun? Like you have to hit a hand with a ball. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just throw the hand up and like, tag it, Jimmy. <laughs> no. So uh, it was first played in the 1936 Berlin Summer Olympics. Uh-oh. Right. Which was, to put it mildly, a rather historic Olympics. Mm-hmm, a little bit. So uh, handball was not played again. At was the next- it invented? by Hitler. No. Okay. Good catch. <laughs> it was not played at the next Olympic Games, nor the subsequent games, nor the games following those. In fact, handball wasn't played at the Olympics again until 1972, which were the summer games in Munich. Ex- was, Boom. Oh, wow. Another mild, to put it mildly, another historic Olympic Games. A little bit. So, not to coincidentally, both times that handball was played at the Olympics was when the games were held in Germany. So, why yeah. was that? Well, Elizabeth, you guessed it. Not Hitler, but it was invented by Germans. Oh, okay. Yeah, something that's very important to keep in mind as I'm talking about this, this is a German sport. It's Just German. keep that in mind at every turn, right? <laughs> it was invented by German cats. They published the rules for their new game in 1917. It, it was go-go time, right? It was like, oh, everything. Listen, yeah, it was like 1917 was a go-go time well, I mean, in Germany. A, well, no, it was a little early. They were still like, you know, like in the Weimar Republic. It was still like, <laughs> you know. It was, I was just saying it was like radios and airplanes, everything, everything new was coming into yeah. being. People were, you know, going across the, the continents and in record times. They were like, there oh. was a crackle, a fizzle. The, people the... were connecting. Radio yeah. was, you know, stitching the world together. And handball was right there, Elizabeth. Hell yeah. Part of that wave. Anyway, back to old Alemania, right? So the German sport inventors, they get busy. In 1917, they debut the first professional handball game. And we now have professional handball. Boom, it exists. Mm-hmm. Now, being those invented by Germans, the rules to the game were modified a few times. And so within two years of being published, they had new rules. So they said in a very German way, we have found a way to make the game better. So we are going to do this. This is the new rules. Yeah, more fun per cubic inch of game now. <laughs> now so, with sausage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the first international handball games were held in 1925. Mm-hmm. Now we are getting closer to the go-go Germany that we were uh, talking well, about yeah, before. Yeah. So the opponents were Germany and Belgium, right? So the Belgians were the first people besides Germans who could, they could convince to play their new weird game. After that came the Austrians. So the Austrians are like, yeah, we'll play as two, right? So they're playing, right? So we have the first handball competition for both men and women, the year 1930. Getting dicey. So then there was another big world stage debut at the 1936 Olympic Games. It's now Mm. completely come together. (laughs) And then nothing until 1972. The Germans host the games again. They kind of got swatted on the nose there. And then Mm. nothing again. Handball disappears, right? So only the Germans can get it into the Olympics, right? So it's not like, you know, 
this is not a like no one's taking on their new game. Yeah. And this isn't like a you know like there's a game like okay high lie high lie is a yeah. game where other people don't get involved because the ball can kill you. Yeah. The ball's moving so fast mm, in you that can sling, die. Like yeah. yeah, it gets up to like 140, 150 miles an hour. That's right. So awesome. So so people <laughs> are like, no, I'm not gonna go down to my athletic club and just get dropped by my buddy because I missed a wicked serve. Like mm-hmm. that's why high lie is not popularized. Why is the handball being popularized? Well, because you, I still don't know how you play it. I know. I'm gonna get to that. So Elizabeth, you may be like me, wondering what the hell is this handball? Exactly. <laughs> so and, and, uh, when I was reading about it, I was picturing it like you know New York street kids are playing like playing this game between the world wars, yeah. right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's how I was picturing it. And then I was like, well. I also remember what you remember, which is there's the wall game, but that's called wall ball in California. Oh, get out of here. And then pogo in other places, right? Yeah. So handball, as I said earlier, wall is ball. a sport invented by my people. And by my people, I mean the Germans. <laughs> right? Because, like, I, I shouldn't besmirch a whole country by saying, oh, my people, right? Because they, they don't need that. But, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. I'm not claiming Germany. I have German ancestors, so deal See, with it, it Alemania. Exactly. But anyway, so I'm speaking about this from inside the family. That's what I'm trying to say. As I tease the the Germans just know that I'm it's teasing one, myself. It's one Jerry to another. Exactly. Now, I have my friend, I think I've mentioned him on the show before, my German friend. I call him that because his mother is German. And uh, I always tell him, like, his house was like an outpost of Germany. Like, you would go to visit it and it was like, oh, you've gone into, like, the uh, embassy. I have, a, I have a German friend whose mother is German, and he actually read on the Eyeball episode, he read all the crazy names for us. Yes. That's my friend's brother. No. I get swear out to of goodness. Here. Yeah. You're making that up. Yeah, no. Don't even, don't even why? But uh, so I tease this guy and he's always telling him that I'm more German than he is. Okay. He's like, how can that be? My mom is German. I'm like, yeah, but I have the attitude. I'm more German than you are. <laughs> right? So I was also telling him I'm more Irish than he is. And his parents are only German and Irish. So it's like, how can you be both more than my parents? I'm like, look, I just got more energy. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, my point is that the Germans, right? And hi, Derek. I'm, as I'm teasing my fam, just keep that in mind. So, okay, back to handball. Why is this a German sport? Well, the very simple rules, and they're very clear rules. <laughs> the court is 131 feet long by 66 feet wide. Wait, 131? Yeah. But you're wondering why these numbers sound odd. 131 totally feet, arbitrary. 66 feet wide. But that's, that's weird counted out in feet. But in Germany, they uh. use the meter, Elizabeth. So the count size makes way more sense when you say 40 meters by 20 meters. Yeah, that makes total okay, sense. Okay, so in other words, it's a two-by-one rectangle. Okay. okay, so at each end, there's a goal. Just like soccer and hockey, oh. there's, there's a goalkeeper. Get whoa! Right, good so far. Right, and you're wondering where's the handball of yeah. all this? So it's a team sport. They get handsy. <laughs> it's a team sport. There are two teams: the fondler each, and and the fondly. And the fondly. So each team has seven players. So that's six players in the field, one goalie. Okay, you're able to picture it. Yeah. Okay. I'm... Now the handball gets passed between players. Hand yes. to hand. Ha- no, a player can take three steps or strides, or lopes, or what have you, and then they have to pass the ball. And to do that, they have to, like, kind of basically, they can either toss it, they can hit it, they can push it, but they can they can spin and pirouette their bodies and then, like, try to, like, alley-oop it to somebody. <laughs> they do all sorts of stuff. It's like, apparently, like, ballet and hockey had a German baby, right? Okay. You spin, oh. like, yeah, goalie spinning and lots of jumping okay. and twisting. Okay, and, like, kind of soccer-ish. Pirouetting, yes. And also, it's, like, part um, egg race where you put the egg in the yes, spoon. Yes, pretty you much. Run. Yeah, like, balance on your hand. Yeah. 
So the game lasts an hour. There are two 30-minute halves. Whoever scores more goals wins. And this is where it gets interesting and very German. The goals are scored by a player outside the zone while the player dives into the zone. And then there's a variant of the game called Czech handball. And I don't know why, but that just sounds even wilder. I mean, anyway. So generally speaking, the game is fast. It's high scoring compared to other games uh, with goalies. It's much more scoring. Game regularly mm-hmm. sees teams score 20, 30, 40, 50 goals. Oh, dang. Yeah, nothing like hockey or soccer. Can the ball soccer. hit the ground? Ball can do whatever it wants. It just, you, you can, <laughs> it's sentient? <laughs> no, I mean, like, it can bounce around, I guess. It, the whole point is you it's have to, not a ball, you have to keep it by passing it around from hand to hand so the players can't hold the ball for too long. That's the whole oh, point. And so you kind of slap at smack it. smack it back and forth mm-hmm. to each other, hit it out of the air, knock it down, spike. It's I don't know. Sassy. Right? So for Americans like me, the Germans also included some violence and some full body <laughs> contact. What? So defending players can smash into offensive players to keep them away from the goal. So as they're <laughs> diving into the zone, somebody can smash them. This is amazing. And I there's also, watch there's no protective equipment required. Just hands and balls. <laughs> so, now, as I said, it's it's a very, it's an interesting game. It's a competitive it team sport. It. It's becoming more and more popular every time. As we die. Right. So, anyway, it's played in Asia, North Africa, South America, as well as Europe. It's been spreading. And this is what gave the Sri Lankans the idea they could be invited to a handball tournament in Europe. Meanwhile, America, pickleball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, let's take a little break. Yes. And then I will take Sri Lanka and bring them to Europe and let the chaos ensue. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, Elizabeth, we're back. Oh, are we? some tasty commercials? Oh, are we? Yeah, oh, oh, really? O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now... (laughs) The Sri Lankans, they were keen on getting invited to a handball tournament in Europe. I told you that's their goal, yes. right? That could be their way out of now Sri Lanka. Now I am, too. There's one problem for the Sri Lankan hopefuls, though. They were as good at handball as I am, and I learned about it four days ago. <laughs> so, yeah. So what they did on their side, what they had on their side, though, was that one of my favorite qualities in life, grit. Mm, yeah. Moxie. So they were like, look, we're going to just make this happen. And they did. So I told you I like these people. They're my people or my kind of people. I should say the Germans are my people. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I like about this story, though, is that the Sri Lankans are willing to do the basics of what is necessary to pull off a con job like like this. Nice. Yeah, they didn't milly mouth and like ham and hot. They said, what are the fundamentals of pulling this off? And they got to, down to it. For one, <laughs> they hired a professional handball coach. Okay. Got to learn the That's game. Smart. I mean, you, you need to know the game, yeah. right? So yeah. then they get to work learning how the hell this new game is played, like how they can score and hit each other and dive into the zone, right? I love the zone just makes me think of like some militarized zone. <laughs> no. And and an active shooter. <laughs> active razor <laughs> so, wire. Yeah, exactly. There's a garden and tower at either end of the field. <laughs> so these guys, they get together, they're practicing, and eventually, you know, they start to gel as a team. And they get invited to play a friendly match against a bunch of uh, traveling Germans. The actual traveling national German handball team. The Vilvaris. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all excited that the Germans are going to come down to Sri Lanka, which they did. That sounds fun. Good to their word. The match gets played. The amateurs, they were not laughed off the field. You're going up against the inventors of the game right. and their national team, yeah. right? So. This was to be expected that the German national team would win. Nobody thought the Sri Lankans would be that plucky, right? But the German officials were rather kind in their assessment of the Sri Lankans' gameplay. The scoreboard, not as kind. Scoreboard was 36 to 2. Mm Mm-hmm. 36 to 2. Oof, la la. Yeah, but that was uh, good enough to capture what the team was really after. They didn't get the W, but they got an invitation to participate in an international tournament, a handball tournament to be held in Bavaria. Mm. Yes, so into Dieter Doring, right? Dieter Doring was the cat who made all this happen, right? Uh, he was the German who tried to make handball happen in Sri Lanka. Mm. It was like his fetch. You know, right? okay. He's like, I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> anyway, he's a rather curious character, this Dieter. He's a former ping pong pro. Okay. Which is just fun to say. Former yeah. ping pong pro. Former, I'm a former ping pong a pro. A disgraced ping pong pro. <laughs> I got kicked out of the game. Anyway, professional table tennis he's player. <laughs> even uh, yeah, he's up with Lance and he's like, hey, <laughs> give me the clear, put it on my back. Anyway, he even he uh, goes from being a ping pong pro. He leads his fellow Germans to uh, n- glory on the national team as a ping pong pro. They, okay. they win a title with, with him as captain. So the guy's like, he's a champion, right? Yeah. So Dieter then, he takes a trip and he pops down to Sri Lanka. He wants to go get some sun and fun, relax. Sure. The year was 1981, Elizabeth. He oh, shows did he up. run into Duran Duran shooting the Rio video? Good question. I have no answer for <laughs> Such you. Such a good question. <laughs> so he shows up to Sri Lanka, knows De- Duran Duran insight. I don't think that was after 81, but anyway. Yeah. Continue. He grabs this taxi, but this is not a normal taxi, Elizabeth. Is it a tuk-tuk? No, it's not even like one of those like Indian taxis where it's all like decorated and anything. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing like that. Yeah, I don't mean like physically it's not a normal taxi. I mean the ride is not normal. Uh, it's it's, like, life- it's otherworldly. It is. It's a life-changing taxi. Oh. Yeah, step inside, take a ride. Is it no. like cash cab? <laughs> the taxi will take him on a 10-day tour of the island. He's like, oh yeah, let's go on a 10-day tour of the island. Taxi okay. drivers are going to like, you know, show him the sights. Just he and this driver. Could you imagine you and one person? Well, I think in- actually people do that where yeah. they... 
yeah. they, you know, get a guide. And, totally. But yeah. could you do that? No. No, I know the answer to this. <laughs> I guide myself, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like that about you. So this cabbie, he's super casual about spending 10 days in a car with a German he's never met. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I, we stop at my house? I want to pick up some fresh clothes. And Dieter's like, yeah, sure. Why don't we do that? And so he's, you know, he's trying to be chill, Germans too. Germans are adventurous that way. Yeah, he's like, yeah, do it, man. What do we need he's to do? He's just strapped into his Burks. <laughs> exactly. He's ready to go. Super clean and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hair's all short. Short, so short. when they get there, the taxi driver's like, hey, buddy, you want some tea? Come on in inside right and then Dieter's like yeah let's do it and so he goes inside <laughs> and he's stunned to spot all these trophies inside inside is evidence of a world-class ping pong champion <gasps> what the what are the what chances the what now? so Dieter gets super excited he's like yeah who's the trophies are these right and the guy's like oh I should have told you uh my sister's like into uh, that stuff you got the ping pong stuff you're like he's like really yeah so Dieter's like there were all these table tennis trophies in the house. I asked him about them, and the taxi driver told me they were his sisters. And I was like, can I meet her, your sister? Um, so I don't know why he suddenly became Austrian when he gets horny. Right. But yeah, yeah, so the, all, yeah. the cabbie is chill about that, too. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, you can meet my sister, Elizabeth. Yeah. The two hit it off. He was he was warm for her form. Dude, he was spitting for that kitten. I'm telling you. <laughs> I knew you're a fan of love stories, right? And yeah, I wish sure. I, I knew more to tell you. But the gist is this. Dieter and the sister, table tennis champs, meet. They go out. They fall in love. Dieter decides to stay in Sri Lanka. Eight years later, he's the coach of Sri Lanka's national table tennis team. Nice. So that's when he gets a very German idea. He's like, why don't we make sports a thing for people to get together and meet and baby, we can have more love stories like mine, but not really. He just wanted people to like meet, right? Sure. Yeah, so he's like, I'll start a government program to bring people here. (laughs) Anyway, he gets Austrian again. I don't know. He talks about (laughs) government or women. He's Austrian. He just goes nuts. But anyway, so he gets to different countries (laughs) to meet together and play sports. You know, we already have something like that, I think. It's called the Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But he's like, no, I wanted a smaller version. I got really confused about the Olympics the other day. How so? Because there were ads. Well, I was traveling for for my other job. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the only time I watch morning television. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hotel time, morning oh, man. TV, local news. Local and, news. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where any of these freeways are, but apparently they're crowded. <laughs> uh, they had the Today Show on, and I don't know, those two gals, yeah. I don't know who, which ones were. Was Hoda still on there? Who knows? Okay. Sure. All right. All the Hodas. Yeah. <laughs> and Hoda Tep. Um, they were in Paris, and uh-huh. they were talking about the Olympics. And I was like, ladies, it is an odd-numbered year. Yeah. And they kept talking about it. And so then I told someone it was the Olympics this summer. And they were like, no, it's not. But I was like, it wasn't. I don't know. I thought that because of COVID, they threw off all the schedules. No, and they have apparently to get back I on. looked it up. And apparently it's next year. But I never understood. Oh, they were just there for like an unveiling. Like, look at all the progress. I guess. Oh. But whatever. It's in Paris. And I'm super excited for the French opening ceremonies. Because they're always just like avant-garde. Oh, yeah. Alizé, And Alizé. that was an important aside yeah. <laughs> about the Olympics. I'm still like stuck on it. <laughs> I like that Did I imagine you. that they were there? No. I don't know. I don't know how your imagination works. A weird it's just ways. a wild place in there. It is. It's a scary place. Parts of it scare me. Yeah, you should. So, you should. <laughs> so our boy Dita, he's like, I'm going to make a little mini Olympics for like, you know, the, the leisure sports like ping pong and handball, right? Mm-hmm. Even the handball apparently is only in the Olympics when the Germans play. So he's like, okay. <laughs> because his point was this. When you put a German professor with a doctorate against a Sri Lankan fisherman on a ping pong table, their professional backgrounds disappear. It's just about the sport. True. Right? And Pretty I don't know pleasure. why the Sri Lankan's got to be the fisherman and like the German gets the doctorate. Why can't the Sri Lankan get the doctorate? Anyway, I take his point. It's a really good point. So he gets his program going. Hundreds of tournaments occur. And not just ping pong Elizabeth. He gets handball going because Mm. German. So the Germans are always trying to convince others to play, as I said, in Dieter in 2003. He's like a sports column. 
a colonist. Yes, colonist. I said ambassador, but yeah, he's a colonist colonizer, works too. sports colonizer. In, in 2003, <laughs> Dieter gets a phone call from the Vatican. He's like, "How's the colonization going?" I'm kidding. Oh, I'm I was really, like, well, I just want to see your what? face change. So Why in the what? He gets a call. He answers it. He Giovanni says, Paolo Due is like, "Tell me about the handball." <laughs> Do they pray down there? So <laughs> he says that uh, I know for some that they, uh, you know, when the phone rings, they don't answer it. Well, he answered it, right? Okay, good and for a good him. thing he did because it was destiny calling. Mm. Yeah. So someone from the Sri Lankan sports ministry, they said they wanted to invite the German national handball team to come down for a tourney in Sri Lanka. He's like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. Once again, excited Austrian. So anyway, <laughs> a little while later, Dieter, he meets the Sri Lankan national handball team. There were 23 young men, all of varying ages, but he noticed there was something off about them, right? Dieter is like, he's no detective, but he's like, looking back, there was something sus, right? He didn't know quite what it was. So he just knew it was weird that they showed up wearing suits. And he's like, normally like <laughs> athletes, they, they show up like in track suits or as the Euros call them like, you know, trainers or we call them sneakers or Jordans, right? He's like, yeah. no, I expected that. They showed up dressed to impress, like oh, yeah. in the nines, right? You know, he, like, that, that, this little German fella got catfished. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so being German and a huge fan of acting as a ambassador slash colonizer of international <laughs> sports, Dieter guaranteed that all the Paperwork would be in order for the 23 members of the Sri Lankan national handball team. He ensured they had visas for all their travel because they would be in Germany for a 10-game tournament, so they needed two-week visas. Boom, taken care of. Dieter tandled it. Right, All now is set. The plan is in place. The player is prepared. Now it's on to the big game. Cut to Witzlingen, Germany. It's a town in southern Germany, down okay. in Bavaria, right? Mm -hmm. The Sri Lankan national handball team arrives in this charming town. They made it out of Sri Lanka, Elizabeth. They did it. Next, they did what most of us would do. They went sightseeing. So sure. as Rupa Singh recalled, we went sightseeing, we sang, we danced. We had a great time, right? Aww. So they're just all being joyous. They met the mayor of the town. They were treated as honored guests. They took photos with people. They ate dinner in, the, in just the homes of random Germans. Yeah. It was, okay, so it was just a fantastic experience for them. Mm-hmm. Boom, cut to the next day. Game day, Elizabeth. So what do we think is going to happen? How do you think it went down oh, for I the think they plucky won. Sri Lankans? They won a million to a hundreds to zero. Very close. Yeah, I knew it. The Sri Lankan national handball team competed as best they could. But as one of the players remembered, we got hammered again. <laughs> so the Germans didn't laugh at us, though. They compared it to the early beginnings of German handball in 1900. That's really sweet. So that's nice, right? They, that's like a German compliment. You are like us when we are babies. <laughs> <laughs> so what did the opposing teams think? So TSV Witzlingen, it's a pro handball team from Bavaria. They mm -hmm. were like, have they even played the game before? And so they were a little less kind, yeah. right? So one player told the German media, they were so awful. Yeah, like he was Aww. like really did not hold back. He wondered if they even knew the rules of the game. <laughs> anyway, afterwards, none of this seemed to matter because after they competed on the pitch, they all had shared the bond of sport. Did the Sri Lankans wear their three-piece suits on the pitch? <laughs> that would be amazing, that's though. Their uniform? Oh my god, that's their uniform. <laughs> Just mismatched three-piece suits. But like in a knit, in a nice <laughs> knit fabric that's got some give. Something that breathes, yeah. Well, like you would have like an Adidas tracksuit, but made into a, a suit <laughs> oh, oh, suit. I see. I actually want one of those. Right. Yeah, anyway. So as Rupasinga was was recalling uh, the, the folks they had a great time afterwards they they all broke bread together they they have dinner he said quote we had a great time in this place but he also said uh, we felt a bit sorry as we all planned to go the next day very early in the morning right so mm -hmm. what do i mean by go well the next morning came very quickly i picture some of them in bed eyes open staring up at the ceiling checking their watches as the those little hour 
numbers tick past, you know, those ones that they like, like one, two, three, right? <laughs> so anyway. But, the, the watches with one, two, three, with hours on them? Yes, exactly. As, a just, as like, opposed to the blank watches. I hate those watches. I, know, I never know so... what time it is. I'm like, it's between Garfield and the top of the watch. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I bet they didn't sleep much at all is my point. So finally morning comes, dawn breaks. It's that purple hour I love so much. It's when I'm like, oh, it's time to go to sleep. Anyway, it's time to move for them. Time to go. So Elizabeth, I'd like you to close your eyes. And picture it. You are a commemorative handball. (laughs) You were given out to each member of the competing teams for this international tournament. You were stoked to be given out to the Sri Lankan team as you look forward to relocating to somewhere warmer. You are over Germany. At dinner, you were in the pocket of one of the players from the Sri Lankan team. Dinner was a spirited affair. Wine was poured and drunk. Meals were prepared and enjoyed. Songs were sung. Laughter shared. Now it is the quiet hours of the early morning, those small hours that I said before. At the moment, though, things are abuzz in the hotel rooms of the Sri Lankan national handball team. It's 3 a.m. and you are being stuffed into a duffel bag. You can hear the muffled sounds of conversation. Really, it's more like whispers. Then the zipper sounds. A hand reaches in, grabs you. You see for a second that the hotel room is now somewhat filled with Sri Lankan handball players. Then you are stuffed into a pocket. Mm. You assume you're there for luck, maybe? A couple hours later, it's 5 a.m. You're on the move. You hear a door open and, a, and then shut. You hear footsteps, but they're quiet. Then you go downstairs. Another door opens, swings open and shuts. You can hear a soft night breeze blowing through trees. You must be outside. Then the hand reaches back into the pocket where you've been and you pulls you out into the crisp night air. You gaze around. There's the whole Sri Lankan national handball team. And they're whispering to each other. You get rubbed for luck over and over again. Yeah, Everyone is hushed. But excited. Some small smiles, some worried looks, a few goodbyes, but no info gets exchanged. This is in case anyone gets caught, they can't put the others at risk. Then, as if there were a silent signal, the Sri Lankan national handball team fractures into tiny parts, pairs of just two and three guys, and they all walk away. You are rubbed again for luck and then shoved back into the jacket pocket. You listen to the rhythm of footsteps in the quiet night. A little while later, you hear a car engine idling, and then a car door opens, slams shut. You're sure about that? Some words are exchanged. You don't quite understand them. It's not German. You only speak German. It sounds like maybe it's the English. Anyway, the car engine roars to life. The ride is bumpy, thankfully short. When the car stops, you hear a car door open and close again. Then the next sound you hear is the orchestra of a train station coming to life in the early hours of the morning. You think to yourself, oh, goody, I love a train ride. (laughs) Now, what you don't know is you just absconded with the Sri Lankan national handball team to points unknown. The whole team disappears without a trace. Nice. Yeah, Elizabeth. Well, that's not exactly true. The team did leave behind one trace. Mm. You don't know about this because you're a handball. But I'll tell you. Bitches, at first when the Sri Lankan national handball team didn't come down for breakfast, their German hosts were like, what's up? So they went and they checked on them like, are right, everybody okay in there? And they get no answer. They're like, oh, they must be out jogging. Oh, they're probably cross-training, you know. So anyway, Elizabeth, I'll tell you this. They were neither jogging nor cross-training. So the mystery, though, was cleared up when the German hosts went back to check on them. Like, Nothing. They're like, can we open these doors? And so then they get inside, making sure like there wasn't like a gas leak or something. Oh, God. No. 16 players, eight trainers, all gone. All that was left behind was some dirty clothes, some old shoes, a sweaty T-shirt or two, and a note. The note thanked the Germans for their abundant hospitality. The team appreciated their kind offer to come to Germany. And then in closing, it said, we're going to France. Oh, okay. (laughs) And just like that, the Sri Lankans are in the wind. (laughs) So... In 2004, faster than you can say bigger than Stuttgart, the German press was all over the story, and things just get weirder. After this break, I will come back to tell you how international terrorism gets brought into this. Oh, goodness.
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Elizabeth, we're back. Yes, we are. All right. As Hi, I promised welcome. You, hey, look at us. Glad to be here. So I promised you uh, the German press. Yes. Faster than you can say bigger than Stuttgart, they jumped on this. Bigger than Stuttgart. That's how fast, Elizabeth. Whoa. Yes. Do you see that? Lightning I speed. so fast. So the German ambassador to Sri Lanka had to get involved. They told reporters that the 23 fake handball players and trainers were, quote, they presented documents and the documents looked all right. So there were no reason to say we can't give you a visa. Mm. So like, it's not my fault. Yeah. But I like how the Germans focus on the correctness of the paperwork. It was all in order. What should I do? So, you know, anyway. What year is this? At this point, 2001. Okay. So, 2004. So, so we have like EU travel. I'm wondering how that visa works. Anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, there, yes, there is EU travel. Uh, I don't know how that works. I assume the EU travel is if you're allowed in Germany. If you try to go into the Czech Republic, they're like, hey, man, that was only good for Germany. Because they will, I'll tell you this much. You try to go from Germany to Czech Republic, they stop the train and they make everybody show you, like, let me see your passport. Yeah, no, they really do. Every time I've ever done that, I I traveled all over Europe in train. One place coming out of Germany, going into the Czech Republic, you're going to get stopped. Also, Austria, too. Same thing with Austria. Mm -hmm. In Switzerland, all of them ones are. Apparently Germany, because they're worried about maybe migration. I don't know. Or and because I have a tan, they're like, let's see. The, the, march, the march of Germans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Makes so, me nervous. Like, uh, how many Germans are on this train? <laughs> so, the BBC reached out to Dieter Doring, and they asked him uh, what went down, because they're like, man, you, you made all this happen for what we, we've looked into the paperwork from the Germans, and it all <laughs> goes back to you. And so he's forthcoming. He tells the BBC, we initially thought the team had gotten lost in nearby woods while jogging. <laughs> he's just repeating what the Germans said That's that so same precious. morning. He's like, we, we now 
now knows this had crossed into Italy. And so he's like all upset because he was kind of lied to. The Sri Lankan authorities, they come forward and they say their side of things. They're like the president of the Sri Lankan Olympic Association because, mm. you know, it's going to be an Olympic sport. So right? he's like, this is my purview. Let me jump in yeah. there. So he tells reporters, well, the game is popular around the world. It was not in Sri Lanka. So as he put it, quote, we don't even have a single club. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I wash my hands of this whole affair. Ixnay. So the Ministry of Youth Affairs and Sports, they get drawn into it, right? And they raise the questions of why these fake Sri Lankan national handball team would disappear like that. They said, I don't know. The motives are unclear. Could be political asylum. Could be free immigration. I don't know. People are like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe. So as they're starting to wonder, repeating what the president of the Sri Lankan Olympic Association had to say, the official from the Ministry of Youth Affairs and Sports said, handball is a sport very rarely played in Sri Lanka. And the formation of a national team? It's a mystery. So just uh, refresh me because I'm not uh-huh. as geopolitically yes. uh, savvy as you. Sure. So was there not free egress from S- Sri Lanka at the time? Uh, no, it's just more so about the poverty and it's an island. Oh, so it's an so economic. Okay, getting off the island, you if you're going to leave, you needed a visa yeah. to leave Sri Lanka. Like, where are you going? Well, I'm going to go to here. They're like, okay. So that was part of the going that you had to have a visa to enter the country. And I think Sri Lanka was like, you need a visa to leave the country. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about that for certain. I did not yeah, look yeah, that up. Yeah, but that makes sense. But though. visas were ne- definitely necessary for their mm-hmm. travel. So... Eventually, a local taxi driver comes forward, and he tells the Bavarian police that he and a couple other taxis were sitting out by the train station early in the morning. Along comes the Sri Lankan national handball team. And they're like, oh, yeah, we gave, a ride. We gave them a ride to the railway station in Munich. And so they're like, what? And like, <laughs> boom, mystery is solved. They were at the railway station in Munich. Turns out that's at the same time a new angle comes to life. Well, uh, uh, terrorism. Oh, so boy. As I said, 2004, yeah. so we are at the peak war on terror years, right? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, immediately the news turns to the dark question, what if these are terrorists? And why is what is Dieter, the sports ambassador, doing? Is he's a criminal mastermind? So now Dieter has to clear himself of being a alleged terror <laughs> oh, mastermind. So he finds himself <laughs> under serious suspicion, right? So because, you know, as I said, he arranged the visas. So... He'd first heard about their disappearance, like he's at work and a German university student bursts into his office all excited. The student does not look well. Like the student looked like someone had died, right? Mm-hmm. Dieter's like, what's the trouble? Dieter Doring says, he said, Mr. Doring, do you know what's happened? And, and Doring's like, I said, uh, don't tell me those people have gone. And somehow <laughs> I could tell by his face that they had. So he's all worried, right? And he's like, he, he should have known at that point, this was just the beginning of trouble, old Dieter. Yeah. Because uh, soon enough, he's like, you know, Basically, he's he's still trying to like keep like a breezy attitude. So like when he's talking to the BBC, he's like, "This will be the last time we are doing this. I'm not planning to invite any more teams from Sri Lanka." Yeah. <laughs> but ruined he ruined it no- for everyone. Oh, totally! Like every all the kids out of the pool. All right, you know, one yeah. kid craps in the pool, everyone out of the pool. Right. So anyway, this uh, I would hope so. Right. I think that's just a health code yeah, violation. It is a health but in the metaphor, Elizabeth. Got it. Got it. So the Sri Lankan, uh, he's got to drive this to the German embassy. He gets called to the German embassy in Sri Lanka. He's got to like go oh, tell them like I'm not a terrorist, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a 33-mile drive. The whole time he's on the radio, on the phone, like radio journalists and field, and like, you know, like BBC field journalists, right? He actually says, I took an extra battery with me before the drive. BBC, Australia, even reporters from Saudi Arabia, all the news stations thought I was a mastermind. So he's like trying to like argue internationally. I'm not a mastermind. Because he's on his way to headquarters. Yeah, they're like, is that erasure in the background? Could you turn that down? <laughs> so anyway, so the international press, they love this the suspected mastermind of a terror cell of, you know, suspected Tamil tiger gorillas. Right. That's what's so <laughs> now, because remember, the Sri Lankan civil war is a backdrop at this point. So they're yeah. thinking, this is a long and bloody war. So they're thinking, maybe these people are Tamil tiger gorillas. I don't know about you, but the first time I heard the term Tamil tiger gorillas, uh-huh. 
you know, leaving the context, and it's a very bloody affair, and I don't yeah. mean to make light of it at all, but, but I, was, you're going to. I was a punk teenager, so immediately I was like, that should be the name of a band. Oh, yeah. Tamer, t- Tamil Tiger totally, Gorillas. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, so Dieter, he's accused now of being a mastermind of the Tamil Tiger Gorillas, and uh, this didn't make any sense to Dieter. It's just simple math. He's like, there were only three Tamil players on the team. The rest was Sinhalese and Muslim. Yeah, so. so <laughs> he's like, doesn't even make sense. No. So anyway, the level of nuance was lost on all of this 2004 crowd. The press just keeps training on the suspected terrorists. And so what happens to the 23 missing, uh, you know, I guess I could say at this point, fake uh, handball yeah, players, yeah. right? Well, where are they, Elizabeth? Living their best lives somewhere. Yeah, they've been smuggled. Where, okay, I'll, I'll flip it. If you were to smuggle yourself into a country that's not America, okay. where would you pretend to be a fake Sri Lankan handball team? <sighs> well, that's rough. you got to go somewhere where you're not going to stand out too hard. Mm-hmm. And you should probably speak the language. but Ideally. Ideally. I'm kind of thinking France. Oh, that works for you. Outside of the, like the... Yeah, you know, parlez-vous français, my Well, not, not in that sense, but just if you're looking at like Sri Lankans, you, you know, I'm trying to figure they out where... They have a big enclave in Italy. Oh, okay. That's where they primarily go and gather in Europe and find like and family you know connections where, and then launch. Where uh, in Italy? I do not know where in Italy, mm-hmm. but I, I just kept seeing reports that of uh, Sri Lankan enclaves in Italy. Interesting. And, although they didn't use the word enclave. I'm dressing it up with enclave. They sure. use you know, different terms. But the uh, point being that, well, I'll, I'll answer the question just to be yes, fair please. to you. If I were to go become a fake Sri Lankan handball team, uh-huh. ironically, Germany. That's where I would oh, go. Oh, you would stay there? <laughs> I would go to Germany. So anyway. so it turns You got out, the visa. Yeah, the German cabbies were on it. The Sri Lankan national hand, handball team had indeed gone to Italy because that's what they had told the, the Bavarian police. We're like, we think they went to Italy. We dropped them off at the Munich yeah. train station. Turns out they were right. They had gone to Italy. They went to join the enclaves. As Chandana, he's one of the players, recalled, we knew from our relatives and friends that once we reached Italy, there was no way of sending us back. Oh. Italian people are very friendly and they like us to work in their restaurants. Sri Lankans in Italy have no problem with the police. We aren't involved in drugs or any other criminal activities. God I thought that was really interesting of a read, right? Yeah. So they stay in Italy. The Sri Lankan enclaves embrace them. They make lives. Rupa Singha, he gets a job in a pizzeria. He's slinging Love dough it. in the Italy for four years yes. before he decides to return to Sri Lanka. He's like, this is not cutting it for me. Interestingly, interesting. I thought 10 years, after 10 years time, more than half of the team had returned to Sri Lanka. Really? Yeah. Huh, maybe they just like made the little scratch to take with them. And... That was the, they all went over there to make money and to send back. They said that yeah. uh, uh, actually Dieter pointed out later on when he discovered that he had helped him mollify his anger is that he found out that they all were sending money reliably back to multiple families, well, not just that, one. They got in that pizza slanging game. Exactly. Well, Sean Don said, I came back after six months. My child was sick. I felt homesick. I couldn't find a job, although it was promised. So he didn't even have as much luck as Rupa Singe. Yeah. So, you know, when he did get back to uh, Sri Lanka, he wrote a letter to make amends. Uh, hmm. he, wrote, he said, quote, I wrote a letter to Mr. Doring and I asked for forgiveness. Wow. Yeah, right? So Dieter, as I said, he was pissed at first, right? So he made threats to take all of them to court. He was going to sue them. He wanted them <laughs> locked up. Sue me, sue you. Yeah, sue everybody. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, he's like, they made me look like a fool. And so he was like pissed. That was a quote, right? And uh-huh. I, the German embassy blacklisted him. The sports ambassador program that was killed. Oh, uh, it was a no. big cost to pay for the man who just wanted to unite everybody through sports, right? So, but some time passed and his anger softened. It drained away. I don't know if his wife helped him with this or not, but eventually he was able to see what happened with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. He came to see that it was all just an act of desperate men. You know, it was like, yeah. I forgave them. They're not wanton criminals. Of course. So it raises the question, was this a crime? They had basically stolen themselves away. They had broken international laws. But was it a crime? No. Ah, I knew you would say that. <laughs> so I would say, yes, it is on the books, but no, it isn't in our hearts. And the so, borders are artificial. Exactly. Anyway. I mean, it was costly, right? But ultimately, 
Dieter didn't even see it as a crime, and he was the victim, which meets my standard, which is if there's no victim, no crime. Right, right. So in this case... Yeah, I mean, he, he did have the, the trouble of getting pinned as an international terrorist. Yeah, there's that whole bugaboo. That's a really bad Kind of bad be. look, tough, yeah. on your, tough on your career, hard bit. on the family. A little bit. Yeah, so... Well, I have to admit, my if there's no victim, there's no crime. That's not a hard and fast rule. I yeah. know that there are exceptions. I don't mean it. You know, there's no hard and fast rules in life, in my opinion. But exactly. My whole point is let's not rush to label someone a criminal, especially if there was no victim. So right. in this case, the person most affected, Dieter, he eventually forgave them, and he saw himself as just another unfortunate, much like them. Yeah. If anything, he aligned with them, which is the goal of sport. Exactly. So crime Full did circle. what sport did not. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm just kidding. Anyway, on a lighter note, this story was a viral sensation in 2004, and in four years' time, they made a movie. The Sri Lankan national handball team has a movie. It's You're called kidding. Machan. It's a comedy. It's apparently a banger. The, the director, Uberto Pasolini, an Italian, you'll, you'll note, uh-huh. he said, I fell in love with the story so much that I decided to shoot it myself. <laughs> What? Sorry, Italy. <laughs> so it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. At the conclusion of the screening, the audience, they rose to their feet. They gave it a 10-minute standing ovation, oh, Elizabeth. Wow. Yeah, they loved the film. It, it warmed their hearts. It touched their souls. That must have been a hell of a moment, honestly. I hope the team was there, right? The, yeah. the Guardian, they gave a review of the film. They said it's one of the most important films to come out of the developing world in recent years. Hmm. Yeah, and they also pointed out that uh, it received a ringing endorsement for the Sri Lankan people. It was a Sri Lankan production with an Italian director. Okay. So he said to uh, the reviewer said to... To their hearts, they claimed it entirely as their own, right? So, Elizabeth, I also wanted to tell you there was another happy ending in our Sri Lankan handball tale. Mm -hmm. In 2010, there was a headline, Sri Lanka debuts in international handball, parentheses, this time for real. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then they lost fifty-eight to twenty-eight. Aww. But they got That's to earnestly compete. Exactly. No, I think what thirty-six to two the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah, or thirty-eight to two. Anyway, I finally I want to tell you that this is also part of a much larger story. This was not the only time that Sri Lankans have used international sport as a cover for their chance at a better life. Yes, it's practically a Sri Lankan tradition at this point. <laughs> yeah, in, tw- in two thousand seven, there was an Olympic coach for the triple jump. He decided he went to Italy. He's like, I'm staying. <laughs> in twenty fourteen at the Asian Games, uh, held that year in South Korea, there were two. Sri Lankans who decided that they would just steal themselves away. There was a beach volleyball star, which I just love, and a hockey player. And so both disappeared, and they were like subsequently blacklisted from all international sporting events. You know what I say? Good for them. Exactly. Because you may be wondering, Zarin, are you saying that you are a fan of frauds in sports? No! I'm on the side of those trying to get free. So good on you guys! Agreed. Some things are bigger than sports, and I know you and LeBron would both agree Some things are bigger than hip. Hop. 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, uh, did you have a ridiculous takeaway for us? Yeah, I think run off to Italy. Right? That's my dream. I recommend you Bologna. You know I love Italy. I love Bologna, yeah. the city of red roofs. I love the, the red city. It, we should run off to Italy. Let's do it. All right. Let's, let's, let's just take producer Dave. Dave. Come on. You you uh, you drive us to the airport, and uh, we'll pack the bags. Deal? I'm going to have the <laughs> handball skills. <laughs> I got to say, though, one thing. I like that these 23 cats from this fake Sri Lankan national handball team decided to overcome the limitations of poverty, colonization, civil war, and they did it with handball. And they overcame <laughs> the, the lack of skill. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's an amazing accomplishment. It's wonderful. Yay, crime. Hooray. <laughs> well, that's all I got for you. Hope it's you enjoyed good. it. I did. Well, uh, you know, you, as normal, you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to reach out and uh, touch us, you can email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com or you can reach out and touch our website at ridiculouscrime.com. 
Also, there is the TalkBack app on iHeart, which you can download. Yeah. You can also use that to reach out God, and I love those. talk to us. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Captain of the Ridiculous Crime National Handball Team, Dave Kustin. Research is by Marissa, German as I want to be, Brown, and Andrea, I got more passports than Jay-Z, song sharpened here. Our theme song is by Thomas Handball the Cannibal Lecter, Lee, and Travis the Meadowlark Lemon of Handball, Dutton. The host's wardrobe provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben, Commemorative Balls, Bolin, and Noel, Commemorative Hands, Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.